Hey, yo, what's good? It's your girl, Drea G. It's your girl, the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. What's good? What's popping? The last time we chopped it up, you know, we had a little week break. It's just a lot going on in the world right now, but it is Thanksgiving season, so that's cool. So right now, just kind of preparing for that with the fam. My cousin is hosting it at her house uh, next week, and they got a new dope house um, here in Texas. And uh, I'm just trying to get my little menu items ready so I can bring it all to the to the storehouse. I, I'm right. making I'm making two dishes. Are you making any dishes this Thanksgiving? Girl, I have no idea what I'm making because my cousin was trying me talking about you ain't making the macaroni and cheese and, okay. and uh, <laughs> my grandmother before she died she said I make the best macaroni girl bye because I feel like I make a good macaroni and cheese her daughter liked my shit and then she, so she want to call her daughter and put her daughter on speakerphone and her daughter just gonna renege talking about I like my mom's better but you was <laughs> eating my my macaroni and cheese a couple of years ago and shit. Right, because it was there and people are hungry. You can't be playing with people on Thanksgiving, though. Mac and cheese, you know, that's kind of one of them staples. Like, I make good mac and cheese. Okay, okay. I'm I'm interested to know what your formula is because I know everybody got their own. You don't you need know. my recipe. You don't need to know my recipe. Okay. you. But well, why not? Look, when I can... get older, when I get older, I, I'm going to get my recipes out. But right now, it's just, you know, I'm just like a lot of these the food places in the stores and they don't give you all the recipes and shit. No, nah, they give you the ingredients. Right. You can. Well, a little bit of the ingredients. This is the thing. You can give me the recipe, sis, you know, but it doesn't mean that it's going to come out like yours. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have that same execution. You can give me the sauce, but you know, it's so you don't, you don't have a, you don't, Know how to make macaroni and cheese? Is yeah. that what you're saying? I got my own way. I've, then I've, why are you trying to ask me then? <laughs> you know what? Because everybody got a different way. Like some people put eggs in their stuff. Some people, uh, you know, they, I don't know. Some people, mm -hmm. I feel like when my grandma was alive, uh, my dad's mom, she put something in hers that, um, that a lot of people wouldn't use. She put cheese Whiz. And so I don't do that anymore or I don't, I, actually, I've never done that. But everybody got their own way is all I'm saying, okay? Do people still, do you eat it? Was it good? Yeah, when she made it, yeah, it was good. Her mac and cheese was good, but I have my own way. I like to make a, a cheese sauce. And so that's that's my way of doing it. No, okay. It's a little different, you know. Yeah. Well, what else is going on with you, girl? It's a lot, girl. You know, it was a, a shooting um on my dad's campus, so I mm. I was having a nervous breakdown, girl, because it was like an employee got killed. So here I am, like it, it literally just went on my phone because I got like the citizens app, mm. and I'm like, what the fuck? So I had to call my daddy. I guess an employee got fired. So they came back and shot, like, I think uh, their boss or whatever and killed him. Oh, wow. So someone died, too. So that's unfortunate. Well, I'm glad that Pops is good and that uh, we're going into Thanksgiving week and we're thankful because we got our loved ones and it's a crazy world out there right now. So be thankful and grateful of those small things. So for right. sure. Well, you know, before we kick it off, let's 
you know, check in and do a roll call with the rest of our fellow grits across the states, whether you're in Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Louisiana, Tennessee, or Texas. Shout out to the grits across the globe. Shout out. And so y'all know how we do it. So we are pouring up this week to, you know, our top five things or top six things because it's been a lot going on. And, you know, we had a little break. What are we pouring up to this week? So I want to give a shout out to just a couple of podcasters that I feel like they have been entertaining the hell out of me. Mason Cameron podcast and Chad Johnson and Shannon Sharp's podcast. Mm. I've been hating on a lot of podcasts when we took our break, but they have been crazy as hell. Uh, Just recently, I was watching a podcast with Cameron and he got a massage from the this is lady. I guess she used to be a porn star. And her, it was a whole big controversy going back and forth because her husband, um, he has a side chick. He stopped paying the bills. So she started back her only fans. So she went on his show and she was giving Cameron a massage. Mm. Base seems like he was trying to talk her out of giving a massage, but it was crazy. Cameron has this big personality. It's just been very entertaining to me. And then (laughs) girl. And then Chad Johnson's personality and Shannon Sharp's, they both have big personalities and it's very funny. They make me laugh watching them. Like it made me kind of like, like Chad Johnson more seeing him on this podcast with Shannon. They're a great duo. Black boy joy. Okay. I'm feeling it. Them Harlem dudes. Cameron, I wonder if he got a happy ending after that massage, Uh, but I I digress. And you know what? I saw Chad on a, a recent podcast. I don't he was having a conversation with Terrell Owens, though. But that shit kind of turned me off because they were talking about some orgy that they had in the DR with 12 women. That shit was like kind of gross. But yeah, shout out to them, you know, repping a black boy joy and, and entertaining you. Number two. So because it's holiday season, Thanksgiving is coming up. I just want to give a shout out to Basket Robins. They have this ice cream and I really want to try it. It's sweet potato, cornbread and cranberry sauce. And I saw like a black person tasting it and they actually said it was good. So I'm like, okay, if they Hmm. say it's good, it actually may be good. So I want to try it. So if y'all are out there, you know, try it and let us know how it tastes in the comments. Um, What I pay it sounds nasty in theory, but you know what? Them them flavors probably pair well together. I'm sure that they bring it together. I mean, it wouldn't be at Baskin's Robbins 32 flavors for no reason. So we got to check that out. It's the holiday season. Tis the season. All right. Bet. Number three. So number three, I just saw this week about T.I. And I don't know if it was Tiny also involved, but uh they they're either way they're one they're married right yeah they're a unit so they just opened up a affordable housing development project and i thought that was amazing I, I know we have those all over new york city and that's definitely in a need right now because the cost of living is sky high these apartments have gone up everything has gone up so uh kudos to them for um that development Right. And creating that generational wealth for their own family and just sewing back into the community because that's what it's all about. So that's dope. Super dope for them. And number four. So I just saw this as well. 
So a lady by the name of Desiree Robinson, I think she's like 85 years old. She's the first woman to be included in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. Oh, we should have been oh, from Memphis. You know, Memphis got they got they got the food, too. I hear Memphis barbecue and they should be slapping. You think it's better than Dallas? Because I heard y'all go hand in hand. I heard y'all debate in Dallas and Austin and, and Memphis with the barbecue. I don't know how I feel about Austin being put into that, uh, but we got some good barbecue. My dad smoked some good chicken, but I've I've heard of like Memphis, like, come on, you know, anywhere in the South, we don't be playing like that. So mm. I know that they shit slapping too. They they got the, the barbecue sauce where it's like Memphis mesquite or whatever. So no, I know that Memphis gets down when it comes to the barbecue as well. Yeah, I heard Carolina too. Houston, we really don't. That's not our culture, the barbecue game. That's not really us. Okay, so so y'all don't be grilling out there like that? Like our family's grill. Like I had somebody, she came to visit Houston. She was like, oh, what's the best barbecue place? I'm like, girl, that's not mm. our culture like that. Family's barbecue. Like I have never been to a restaurant, like a barbecue restaurant in Houston ever mm. in my life, probably. Like I literally, my dad barbecues, my cousins barbecue, or I got friends that barbecue, but we really got don't you. We got, yeah, we got a lot of good smokehouses out here. And so that's my favorite. Like when I come home, like I give me some smoked chicken. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's fragrant. It smells good. It smells like home. So that's dope that she got inducted into mm. the barbecue hall of fame at 85 years old. So dope. Shout out to Desiree Robinson. And lastly, we're pouring up too for the week Thanksgiving, you know, we're, we're on the hills. The world been kind of crazy. You know what? You know, we thought, I don't know what I thought 2023 was about to be. You know, 23 is like my favorite number. Um, probably cause my birthday falls on the 23rd of a month, but mm. 2023, uh, it's been with the shits. Uh, so, so, you know, the close out to this year, I'm kind of, I'm like, okay. 2023 we're gonna see what this kobe year does okay but i'm looking forward to thanksgiving and i'm looking forward to fellowshipping with family and bringing my two dishes and so i'm making candy yams this year okay and, you know i'm doing that and i'm gonna make my vegetable medley that my cousin requested me to bring to the cookout and you know what not the cookout but thanksgiving her husband is from louisiana so like they're going to do gumbo and stuff like that. So that's dope. So I'm going to bring my little two gumbo for They're doing gumbo for Thanksgiving. I thought that was a Christmas dish, but I guess, you know, that's they're his gonna, culture. That's his culture. They're going to have turkey. They're going to do all that type of stuff, too. But, you know, because that's a lot. That's a lot from of shit, Louisiana, girl. child. You couldn't wait for Christmas. They probably going to have it for Christmas, too, child. I don't mm. know. Listen, I don't know. Let me no. stop talking about your people, child. They cuss me out. <laughs> it, it, that's that's my that's my cousin by marriage, <laughs> or that's my new cousin by marriage. But you know what? They're having my sister make a seafood dressing. So listen, <laughs> you know seafood they dressing. Yes, it. Child. You know what? She made it, it last may be year. Delicious. It may be delicious. It was last year when she made it it was delicious it was beautiful and it pissed me off because i hosted thanksgiving at my dad's house last year and i cooked the dressing but then my sister showed up with this seafood dressing and it had like salmon and it had like 
crab meat in it. It's like, girl, bye. Like, why did y'all have me make this traditional dressing if she was going to come up here and show me up and show show off? So mm. Her shit tastes better than yours. She has seafood in it. Like, it that was, don't mean that that shit tastes better. You know shit. what? It was good. It was really good. Mine was good as well, but it was traditional. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you put sausage in it. Um, and so it just Ooh, was. I don't put sausage in mine. My mama don't put sausage in her shit. Will you put a little sausage in? Uh... We ain't never had sausage in our, our oh. dressing. We well, the listeners to chime in. How do y'all cook y'all dressings? Because my mama don't do that shit. I, mean, I saw something on the internet like this week and it was somebody making their dressing and it looked so terrible. And I was just like, this is why I can't, my, I can cook, but the recipes that I see online be fucking me up because people online can't cook. So they be giving these bad recipes and that's why my shit don't be tasting right. Right. But um, how do y'all make y'all dressing? That's what I want to know because my mom don't do all of that. Yeah. She's you... a corn and tan. And she boiled the corn, the um, she cooked the Cornish. I forgot, but all I know is she cooked the Cornish hen uh-huh. and she uses that juice. Okay, okay. No, I put uh, we put we put sausage in it. Um, so everybody's got their own styles. Um, but that's how my mother made it, that's how my grandmother made it. You know, this ain't no stove top, uh, you know, box recipe. You know, you got to do the the white and the yellow cornbreads. You got to get, you know, uh, you got to toast some bread. You got to get your celery. You got to hey, get y'all your toast onion. bread. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I did. I see my mama do that toast bread. I don't know. Girl, we just going to talk about it. It all goes into a mixture. It all goes into a mixture. And it, mm-hmm. and so it's like a wet mixture because mm-hmm. you put I know. like cream of mushroom, cream of chicken and stuff cream like that. Cream of mushroom. Yes. But then mama, I need to ask my mama how, because I, I don't think I saw her with it in the can of mushrooms. It's cream of mushroom. It's I got to ask chicken. her how she make this shit. I got to yeah. ask her. Listen. Because it may be different. It, may, it, be different. it may be different. Y'all don't, you know, y'all use Cornish hen juice and I, I use sausage. So, hey, I use turkey sausage. So, hey, different strokes for different folks, but I can't wait to, to feast on Thanksgiving. So, those are our top five po-ups of the week. And so, you know, on the flip side of that, how we do, we got to bless the heart of a few unfortunate few for some janky, janky behavior throughout the week. And so it's been a lot of shit going on, you know, too much shit mm. to even to even tabulate. But we're going to mm, try. Mm. And so what are we blessing our heart? Like who are, whose heart are we blessing first? Child, like I know I woke up this morning and I was stressed the fuck on out. And you would have thought that I fucked Diddy for all this shit that he literally, this is the craziest shit that I have heard this year about Diddy's uh, case. At first I was like, okay, abuse. Eh, it seems like Diddy to be quite honest. Cause you know, we saw making a band where he made them people walk uh, all the way down to Brooklyn to go get the damn cheesecake and shit. And he was cussing out people every week on that damn show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw, the rape allegations and then when i saw that how he basically forced her to have sex with prostitutes while he Mm -hmm. and videotaped it while he was jacking off and shit like that that just just hurt me to my core that was really dark and i don't like reading shit like that right to my mom my mom was pissed off she was like that damn idiot that damn trap my mom was mad y'all and it's just 
I believe her. This shit is sad. Like, really sad, man. And yeah. I pray for Carisha. You know, hopefully she can get out that situation, child. You know, people can see the writings on the walls and, and they'll still act oblivious to some shit because i i know that one time i definitely saw her tweet or say something on social like i ain't cassie uh or you know what i'm saying like saying that you know they're not the same and they're not um what i will say is cassie has always just been a classy woman from what i can see she's been in the limelight but she's never been attention seeking in that way and so uh, for her to, you know, come forward and tell her truth after being married, having two daughters and just saying, no, nah, it's not going to go down like that. Shout out to her because I feel like her birthday twin kind of gave her a little confidence. Uh, Kiki on the list, too. Uh, well, not Kiki, but uh, Darius or whatever. But her and Cassie shared the same birthday, Kiki Palmer. So I feel like she saw that and was like, you know what? I'm not about to live in fear anymore. That's far gone. And right now it's about, you know, bringing light to it and hitting him where it hurts. And a lot of times mm. that's the pocketbook. So, you know, I see a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, if it's if it was this, why not, you know, do criminal? Well, the statues of limitations probably for criminal have passed. And so, again, hey, I'm going to hit you where it hurts. Your pride as well as your pockets. Right. And even if she wasn't like a, a quiet person, even if she was a person like a K. Michelle, that people judge K. Michelle for her having a big personality and maybe, you know, people consider her loud or whatever, I would still believe her. I always believe, especially Black women, mostly Black women, I always believe the Black black woman first um, because to, to me, we really don't have a, a real reason to lie. We A lot of times people never believe us. If we look at statistics and we we had a whole episode about the damn femicide and how uh, basically they don't, they can't even find a lot of the murderers when black women get killed because they a lot of police officers and they just simply don't care you know when what we ask is? for help. So All I right. believe black women in general. So when she spoke up, I was like, that shit is true. Um, I, I hope Carisha ass does not support him. That's my one thing. That man ain't never claimed her ass. Let's keep it real. He ain't never claimed her as a girlfriend. The man had a baby while she was involved with him. I don't know if this shit is fake or what. I don't know if it's like she's uh just a show because the man is living a double life. I don't know, but she better sit quiet and she better leave that situation. And I hope she hasn't been abused as well because just because Carisha is a city girl or whatever doesn't mean that she's not capable of getting beat on. Because right. a lot of women out here, like I know a lot of women out here that's, you know, they may be like Carisha and they're victims of domestic violence. There or are a lot of women. Of rape. So we're going to pray for her too. From all walks of life that are victims of that. And I, I you know what? It... <laughs> I'm I'm glad that this is being brought to the light because that whole culture, it's a lot of it's a lot of men behind the scenes moving and doing that type of shit. That's why they be so quick to forgive and be pointing fingers at the black women like from Tory Lanes to fucking Fab. Like that's why, like, you know, these people, they don't Trey songs. All of these people and, you know, artists will still work with one another because they all in cahoots because they all do the same type of wicked ass shit. 
and nobody, mm-hmm. none of these black men are holding themselves and each other accountable. So fuck that shit. And uh, yeah, nigga, I hope Diddy gets everything that he has coming to him. So, all right, number two. Bless my heart to uh the ex-friend of Will and Jada who went on Tasha's show. I, I don't know her last name. Tasha K. Tasha K. show. Her. Okay, whatever. He went on a show and then he he's out at Will Smith. I don't know if it's true or not, but he said that he caught Will Smith uh bent over having sex with Tisha Campbell's Where ex-husband. Where the receipts? I feel like even if this is true, what does this have to do with him to be releasing information like this to the public? I just feel like it's some type of extortion thing, like what Jada said. Jada said that they had like a deal and Will didn't want to pay him whatever deal for like previously. I think it was a book, a Will Smith's book. And that's why he's been trying to extort Will and he's coming to why out of all media you come to Tasha K. Like she don't have no money to give you. You ain't going to TMZ. You ain't going to anywhere else. Like she don't have no money to give you, sir. She owe Cardi B. To me, I feel like this could be fake and all about like cloud or some type of he he gone wrong, extortion gone wrong or some shit. Definitely some extortion gone wrong. Uh, I feel like Tasha K should stop involving herself with these people that got way deeper pockets than her because she continues to keep writing checks that her ass cannot cash. So with that being said, if you don't have no receipts, if you don't have no no visual, you don't ha- like stop, bruh. You a grown ass man. Come on. And even if it were true, like again, you're a grown ass man. Like, is this gonna help you eat? Any horny. Horny. All right. So bless your heart. <laughs> Get your shit straight. Uh, number three, we are bringing uh Kiki Palmer's baby daddy to the to the forefront. So Darius Jackson, you know, they've been in the news for the past two weeks. And you know what? I, I gotta I'm gonna bless the heart of his mama. Uh, cause she sound like an enabler. You know what I'm saying? Her response to Kiki's mom, Sharon, was like, Oh, you know, you're you're threatening him. So now I have to get the police involved. Meanwhile, they got stories coming out of how he choked up his sister, probably was choking up his mama as well. Mm-hmm. You got these little biracial dudes running crazy, and they got a black daddy. And they don't know how to manage their anger issues because they've seen their dad go upside the mom's head. So the mama is the mama. The mama look black to me, or Spanish. Uh, she she look she looks um she may be she look like she's Hispanic or a Latina or whatever or Native American. We don't know, but anyway, go. That's not the point. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, he over here calling women women cunts and stuff like that. We don't even use that word. So I know that ain't, I know his mama ain't black. That's how I know, because we don't even use that word in our households. But maybe his daddy used it. I don't know. But um, yeah, like, I don't know what's up with these people. You off your fucking rocker like you're a personal trainer and this girl gave you a chance. And I don't know what it was about him, Kiki. That's not my business. Uh, but oh, these men that don't know how to effectively handle their anger issues. It's crazy. Like you got a whole son. You think that you're going to be able to come over here and run something like, no, like you're a loose fucking cannon. Get that shit together. Do counseling. And um, 
yeah they tell black women it's okay like if you're making all this much money then you should it's not a lot of black men that's making money so you should date down in terms of finance so i felt like that's what kiki did like uh and i feel like i'm not to say that you know a rich man ain't gonna you know be abusive too but i'm just saying like sir this woman is making bank and she gave your ass a chance and you literally are not banking bank. And now on top of that, you're abusive. It sounds like he was angry at himself and jealous of Kiki in this whole situation. Because when I was looking at the tapes, it seems like he was abusing her since last year or hell, it could be before that, but it was definitely since last year, he's been putting his hands on her and i just want to applaud her mama because she her mama said everything uh, that can... needed to be said <laughs> she, <laughs> she said she got a, a bullet with that I'll nigga's a, name on she said i'll put a bullet in your motherfucking head and i'm glad she said that with her chest and she was like calling him all sorts of bands and like sh like she was saying what needed to be said that kiki didn't say mm -hmm. right you know? kiki's yeah she was like I want to just, is, where's Kiki dad at? Did he die? Is he living? No, like, I, 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 and that's the thing. And I know she that had her, no brother. She the only child. No, she got, she has a little brother. She has a little sister. And it's, it's, oh. it's crazy because I have a close uh, family friend that her husband is Kiki's dad. They're frat. Okay. They're mm -hmm. both alphas. So like, I know that he's involved. Like, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he was like, Sharon, I'm gonna let you handle it because if not, I'm I'm just I'm going off the deep end because you know they're mm -hmm. from Chicago. So oh. I don't I don't know what the fuck he thought. <laughs> so yeah. So get my that. My family would have fucked him up already. As as soon as I made that first phone call, my family or everybody would have came down from Florida. You, you know, know what? That happened before. So I'm just saying. And it's so <laughs> great, I know. And what's so crazy is that I like I was online this week and um it, there was some Billie Eilish was talking about something like, you know, women, we get, you know, critiqued about our bodies. But men like we don't we don't say nothing like it. Everything is a goal because we're nice. And someone commented to me and I was just because he made a comment online, but he was basically saying that I told him I was like, you know, women a lot of women of color or a lot of women nowadays are more educated and more, you know, financially stable than a lot of these men. And his response to me was, you know what? I'm not denying that it may be true. However, the majority of women practice hyper, uh, hypergamy. And I, I don't know if I'm saying that word, right. Uh, hyper hypergamy. And won't date men who make less than them. You will see these women saying, I can't find a man on my level. I mean, case on point right here. That is not the case. And Where you get them stats from? Because I don't think that's true. He ain't have no stats. He just saying what he thought. Because it's like, no, it's a lot of women that's dating down. It's a lot Tons of women. Tons of women date down. A, they that, be miserable as fuck. And they be taping and taking care of these niggas. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, yes, sir. I, cause he was like, women be broke and nobody says nothing about that. It's like, bruh, like what? Like women, <laughs> they're doing better than men in a lot of instances. So mm. anywho, um, you know, Darius, like you and your brother Saronis, because, you know, supposedly he got issues as well. 
Ooh, I'm Bless glad I ain't never tried to shoot my shot at the brother. I see him all the time in New York at them parties, uh, all the time. And I mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, he tall. That's all I saw was height. Lord Jesus, the man was crazy too. Right. Ooh, they Lord. be out here manhandling bitches and getting by because they cute. Okay. So uh, let that be a lesson. All right. Number four. Child, so we're gonna bless our hearts to Krishan. Uh that I don't know her last name, child. Krishan blue face. Whatever. So recently in the news, we saw her have this big situation that occurred at Tamar's concert where she punched another singer in the face. And he's the dude, and it's we know it's Thanksgiving uh, weekend. I mean, we coming up. He's a dude that's that um blew on up because he was singing the patty pies. Mm-hmm. Why would you punch that? That man seems so sweet. He seems so likable. And it was multiple people that said, hey, this is what they saw. Everybody came and she's literally still playing the victim. They need to lock her ass up. I'm tired of her at this point. Like, like she is putting her own self at danger because she may run into the wrong person. And people these days, they have guns, they have weapons. And she lives, she just is so wild and to, for her to have a child, I thought that, you know, that would calm her down a little bit in terms of the fighting. She's still fighting. So, Baby uh, and all. Baby and all. Right. So uh, bless your heart, girl. She, I saw that she was like, I'm deleting all my social. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's probably going to be used in, in a court of law. So uh, it, it would be a good time to slow down before your son doesn't have his mom. All right. So bless your heart sit your ass down somewhere and yeah number five we blessing the hearts of the boat sinking in the bahamas child yes man i don't know what happened but i saw it on a one lady actually died i saw it on social media Mm -hmm. so where everybody was having fun in the bahamas the next thing you know the boat tilted over it was chaos and i don't know what's going on and why that boat did what it did but hopefully people can sue that boat company that's, that's a damn shame. And supposedly those were like shark infested waters. Like God bless the lady that, you know, passed uh, on that ferry. But uh, yeah, y'all got to do better. I'm glad that people had they 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 life vest on and things like that. But that was a, a total debacle. So for sure. Blessing the heart of that mess. Number six. Well, we got a couple of people on this list this week. Yeah, these are the last ones. Uh, so number six. Coyle Ray. So Coyle Ray has been, have you seen it, Drew G? She's been in the news lately, well, in the blogs, in the urban blogs. So she had this whole video saying how she used to sell drugs. She was living this uh, hood lifestyle child. And her daddy was like, wait a minute, you was in private school. Your ass was living good. Like I had a mansion. I gave your mama, when I broke up with your mama, I gave your mama the house. Like you was, and then after a couple of years, you and your siblings end up staying with me for for half the year. So why are you glorifying this drug life when me as your father, I sold drugs when I was young. You know, I was living in the hood when I was young to try to come up and then I became successful. And then yes, I lost it all. But you know, what are you talking about? So that shit is crazy to me because I low key feel like she lying. I feel like she because everybody wants this struggle story she Mm -hmm. wants to be relatable to a lot of people her audience and she wants to 
people to be like, oh, I had it hard and shit like that. That shit is corny to me. Because I know people like that in real life that be on that bullshit. Like, I had an ex that was on that dumb shit. He was from Key West. This nigga was a suburban kid, but he wanted to be hood. So I want to bust my heart to her for that. But that dude from Key West kind of uh was involved in some bullshit. We don't want to yeah, we don't want to talk about this because <laughs> the police child he got a case. So right. yeah, he was, but he was, I think it's because of that whole one and be hood lifestyle. That shit lame. Just like okay. that, took it that Jay Morant, Jay Morant uh-huh. nigga doing that dumb shit. Uh so if we're gonna do that. Uh then Draymond Green, he is a menace. He literally is a menace. And that's what everybody was saying online. They were like, uh Ja Morant, uh, he he out the season. Meanwhile, Draymond Draymond Green running up on people from behind and choking them out. Like, nah, he he's we'll number seven. He, he, he kind of he kind of is a menace and he kind of need his heart blessed because he's too damn old for that shit. Like, why you got to be tough guy all the time? Like he punched his teammate out. Yo, somebody need to stomp his he, ass out. You know, Deion Sanders, if Michael Jordan can be in two sports back in the day, he damn sure can be a UFC fighter. Let's see. What he, right. Let's see what the hands do. Let's see yes. what the hands do when he not sucker punching nobody, running up on nobody from behind, pulling. Uh, putting them in a full Nelson, like, come on, my nigga, you, you too old for that, like, literally, and stay out of trouble, okay? Stop being a menace. So, like, we're gonna bless our heart to the situation between Megan and Par- Party. Um, we just saw that you know he released the diss track against her. It was like an ABC diss track, and um, after. She- she released the video and a song about him cheating and what the same bed that she slept on. He fucked the bitch. Right. So now he's up there, released a song saying that she lied about the dudes that she smashed and shit. And from my, my mindset, I feel like, I feel like dudes are very prideful when it comes to like knowing the man that they girl smashed and they feel like they girl is for everybody i feel like dudes are real kind of like i don't want a girl that every every nigga done fucked or every guy done been with or you know i don't want that type of girl so i feel like it's a little bit insecurity um that he has and it's no excuse for cheating even if your girl like it's some information that you know your girl didn't totally tell you about her past why the fuck you cheating on her ass just break up with her if that really makes you feel a way that she didn't hid niggas in her past that she smashed. I don't feel like it should even matter. That's her fucking past. But I guess to each his own. What are your thoughts about that? To each his own, girl. I'm kind of just, I'm tired of all of this. Uh, to be honest, I don't know what transpired between them. She put it out in her art. He responded. It's called the person. And um, it he has, I guess, a project X tape coming out on 12, 12, 23. But it's just like some things just ran their course and somebody has to be very strong mentally, being that they are in the same industry. And, you know, maybe maybe he wasn't aware of all that. But, yeah, it's just like, OK, well, you're a dude and, you know, you're out here in this industry as well, but I think it it is because they're in the same industry. And to know that these are other industry people that are being named 
uh, mm-hmm. with being connected to her. So he's kind of acting out like this. And I, I heard that he lost a lot of followers um, as a result because, you know, she did put him in, you know, mainstream. So, yeah, that just, is true, girl. Just uh, I, I bless my heart to the situation. Uh, I hope that they both find peace outside of one another. Uh, nobody ever said that this Aquarius and that uh, Capricorn needed to be together. And so, oh, Lord. you know, they just may have just ran uh, their course. Girl, watch uh, they spin the block years later, girl, like Ashanti and Nelly Child. But I didn't I like be surprised. I, you know, I don't know, girl, them caps be capping. So I, I'll just mm-hmm. keep that to myself. But um, who knows? Bless your heart uh, party, because some things don't even need to be addressed. But I feel like, you know, maybe he, he addressed it. I feel like he still love her ass. That's why he addressed the shit. He wanted her to hurt. That's why he was throwing shots because he still hurt. Well, but she, uh, so she put her her truth or, you know, whatever her truth looked like, because she says that this was happening like in the same place where she was laying her head. So it leads me to believe, you know, maybe they was in the same hotel. I don't know. But she said her truth on wax. He said what he had to say on wax, you know, so I guess it's just tit for tat. For a man to be a songwriter uh, and write all these rap songs for all these rappers, these female rappers and shit, that shit wasn't no bars to me in that that this. Like, I felt like, if anything, Megan can out-rap this nigga. That's a damn shame. Maybe right. he need to stick to poetry. He need to stick to writing instead yeah, of rapping. It's it not was, his calling. It was definitely spoken word that he put over, you know, a beat. What I will say is I just didn't like his response when it came out and was like he posted a, a meme of future. Don't be petty. Don't be all, oh, black women. And, you know, I love my college educated woman. And then, you know, in the same breath, you want to be future Hendrix. So, okay. Yeah. She don't even know that girl he with now. She just was a rebound. I'll be quite honest. He's just having fun. Jada I mean, I fine be too. Fun with his, and she, fine, so I ain't gonna lie. I would be having fun with that nigga too. And Jada is a, a bad <laughs> woman too. So, uh, you know, to each his own. I, I hope they all work it out. All right. All right. That's it. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah. So everybody that was on this list for Bless Your Heart, reflect on your actions. We don't want to see y'all here no more, okay? So sit y'all asses down somewhere. All right, so that's going to bring us to our Southern Sound Off this week. And you know what? This is kind of like a a special week for us going into it when you guys hear this. We originally launched this podcast back in November uh, of 2018. So November 21st, 2018. So When you guys hear this next week, this is kind of like an anniversary episode. So really, we wanted to just talk about some of our top 10 things that we like about living in New York City, as well as some of the things that we hate. So we have compiled a list of 10 things, and we're just going to walk through them uh, interchangeably and tell y'all what we like and what we don't like. Yep. We've both lived in New York City for a time and for some time uh you know we're currently out of the city right now but feel like uh we definitely have a a good viewpoint with regards to some likes 
and uh, some loves about the city and some some hates about the city because you just can't have the good without the bad. And that's just kind of how it is. So number one on our list. Transportation. So I'm going to give this one a like and a hate. <laughs> so a like is like if I'm tired, if I've been drinking, um, I can just catch the train with a friend. I don't have to be driving and um putting my life in danger or say it's like heavy traffic. Like for instance, out here in Houston, I was stuck in traffic last week for two hours. Mm. In um, New York, it, was, it could be like that too. In a car. But, you know, we have public transportation. So if I'm riding a train, I mean, trains do be delayed, but it's not delayed to like the crazy extent. I feel like as in driving here in the South, like it's way better. Um, but a dislike when it comes to transportation um, in New York, like you said, they do have, if you have a car, it's crazy traffic and also the trains uh, dealing with all the crazy people on the trains. I don't witness three robberies in front of me and that shit was kind of crazy. I actually witnessed a band getting naked on the train before and um, throwing up naked and a man peeing, pulling out his dick and peeing right in the front of the church, a child on the train so that's a dislike uh that i experienced so what are your thoughts on transportation do you give it a like or a dislike for new york it's a double-edged sword all right the same things that you said like is great because it's mass transit you don't have to have a car to live in the city and so that's some of the appeal i've had a car in the city i have you know uh relied upon mass transit in the city so i definitely you know, and it's funny because, you know, people are like, oh, before you move there, they're like, you know, nobody drives. Everybody and their mama drive. Everybody and their mama got a car and everybody uh, and their mama is fuel is being emitted into the air. OK, uh, add into the air quality and things. But, you know, these are just some misconceptions, too, because they think, um, you know, that people don't have cars like that. Let me tell you. You know, I kind of miss having a ride there, uh, a car there sometimes because, yes, you know, mass transit in the subway is great uh, sometimes for quick travel. But have you ever been on a train where they're like, oh, there's a sick passenger in the mm -hmm. train ahead of us. So we'll have to wait. You know what? The most nerve wracking thing for me with mass transit is being underground and not having no control over what the hell is happening. And it's kind of scary too, because like we've seen it kind of like take place like a year and a half ago where that guy that was on that orange line came, you know, through the, the, you know, the little gas cans and was shooting and, and shooting at people. So it, you know, it has its drawbacks um you know mass transit so but it's it's cool because you know you don't have to have a car to be in the city to be mobile you know you could do the long island railroad you could do the subway you like the bus i'm not a big bus girl there's crazy people whether it's a bus or uh it's a train yeah that's true regards to mass transit now so it'd be less crazy people on the bus though child it'd be none but senior citizens but it's not as crazy as, right. you know, catching a train right. and walking. You'll see a lot of crazy people walking out of the streets of the city of New York. So, 
but I'm not gonna hold you. Like in the city, mass transit is good if if things are you know working as designed because. Just like you were talking about the South, like if you drive in New York City, I feel like any given time there's some construction going on, especially in Brooklyn, because Brooklyn is like it's got pockets to it. So you could literally be in a car driving two miles down the road and it could take you 30 minutes to get to your destination. So that, that is some definite like drawback of, you know, living in the city, like if you have a car. But again, you could take mass transit when it's cold outside and you don't want to move your car. You don't want to have to switch sides in, in the winter. It gets rough. Like people, uh, they leave their cars in those spots because, man, I ain't got time to be digging my car out the snow and having right. to do this all over again. Uh, you know, if I drive, it's just always some things popping off with regards to mass transit. I mean, I know you saw it the other day where there was a dude. And I guess he was trying to stop somebody from doing something to someone. And he took a gun out of his backpack and just unloaded a couple rounds. What was that? Round. Girl, it, that was in Manhattan, like literally, wait, literally like a week ago. He was shooting somebody? He shot he, somebody in a he, subway? He shot at somebody. He pulled a gun out of his backpack. And we already know that New York City and their gun laws, like they go crazy. Like you're not supposed to have handguns. I don't know what the man saw, but he was like, hey, stop, leave her alone. Pulled out a gun and he fired off a couple of rounds. And that was just like the mm. weirdest shit ever. <laughs> but yeah, it can it can it can either go down <laughs> on mass transportation or you can be in the, the comfort of your whip if you decide to and have to kind of thug it out in traffic and then parking. In the city, Ooh, the, the tickets, child. That's why I stopped having Man. a car in New York City. The tickets, they do not play. They'll give you a ticket for any damn thing. And they'll tow your car. They'll put a boot on it. I definitely looked up and my car had got towed like on maybe like one, two different occasions, child. Because maybe I was parked somewhere that I wasn't supposed to be. So I ain't got time. So that's why, you know, mass transit in the city, it definitely has its usefulness. Right. Okay. Number two. Okay. So for me, something that I, I love about New York city, but I also hate uh, about it as well. That New York city, uh, the mentality, the mindset of New Yorkers, you know, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere type of, you know, mantra. It is a hustler type of mentality that, you, you have to have there and it's because ain't nobody giving you nothing there. Um, mm -hmm. They are always trying to figure out the workaround, but there are some drawbacks to that too, because uh, mentality that I, that I notice and I don't always agree with it. Uh, I was getting into not getting into it with somebody on Facebook this week but they said something um they were like if you're not israeli or you're not palestinian like you shouldn't be having no opinion like what what kind of asinine statement is that they have this mentality like new yorkers mind their business new yorkers mind their business to a fault listen if i'm on a train and i'm a woman and if i'm getting assaulted or something i don't want nobody just like oh New Yorkers mind their business and like ignore the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. I understand that the mentality is all about survival. 
Um, you know, I understand that's, you know, how they look at it. And it's a city of uh what, eight million people. So I, I get it. And it's so much going on throughout the course of a day, but I love that New York state of mind type of mentality that they have. And it's just like, you know, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere or whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, because New York City tests you like no other city. Um, so that's where that comes from. And I like the fact that, you know, they are hustlers is, and it's because they have to be. It's, it's crazy to live there, the cost of living. So they got to, you know, make pieces hit. But on the flip side of that, I don't like that people like mind their business and, you know, to the detriment of, you know, other people. Right. So I sometimes I feel like that mentality, if you make it here, you can make it anywhere. Only uh, only is for people that move to New York. I don't feel like that's right. really for like New Yorkers, because <laughs> a lot of times when they move outside, they be complaining and shit. They move into other cities and shit. Some of them don't even know how to drive. Like I got a homegirl that never had a license. And like, I hopefully she just got her license. Hopefully she's like 37 or whatever. And sometimes I feel like the mentality is like chaos a little bit. Like I'll see fights on the train and people literally an egg on the fucking fight and record if it's a fight between women. Mm. I don't know have if you have witness. I definitely have because I used to go to the Bronx all the time. I'm not trying to stereotype the Bronx, but I'm just saying. Uh, when my homegirl lived up there, and I have witnessed fights and and niggas gassing, and gassing up people and and egging people on and shit. Man, I don't know, but I'm not trying to fight on a train. And it's definitely been some moments where, like, you know, something has like popped off, or you know, somebody said like, but ain't nobody trying to fight on a train. Because I just think about all the germs and mm. and and I'm not trying to fall on the floor. I'm not trying to be tussling with nobody on the floor. Like uh, the thought of it, you know, I die. But I, yeah, you know, sometimes they can be instigators. They can be instigators. And on the other side of that, they can be quiet as a mouse. If something is happening, it's like, man, that ain't none of my business. If you see something like, you definitely need to say something because, you know, this city is too densely populated. And even a mindset on a lot of New Yorkers that are born and raised in New York, they have this whole, I'm better than you. I'm the best. Like we're better than the Southerners. And like with everything, with they they say that with food, they say that with the hip hop culture. They just really feel with dating. Like I have heard several times niggas talk shit about southern niggas they be like man y'all women just you know southern women want us because we we the shit we the this that whole mentality is like i'm sorry but none of y'all niggas is better better than my ass we we all the same in, in different ways but like that whole cockiness that shit is kind of lame to me if it especially if it's unwarranted like you know just because you grew up in an inner city to where y'all got to fight for everything. You know, I, I understand, but you can live better in other places as well. You can have an easier uh, existence in some places. So I definitely understand when you say that. That's just like when you talk to, you know, some New Yorkers, they ain't never lived nowhere else. And they're like, oh, I, I couldn't live down south. Why couldn't you? The same stuff that we deal with there. We deal with it here. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. don't Police get it. brutality, same shit. Racism, same shit right. in different ways. 
no, not even in different ways. Same, same type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just a different area code. It's just a different geography. We've lived there for over a decade, uh, pretty much. I've heard several people to voice those types of things and be like, oh, well, I could never uh, live in the South. Like, you know, you ain't never lived nowhere else. So your opinion is not very informed. And so that's what I will say. Um, they can be kind of one dimensional in that way as well. So a lot of good things that we like with regards to the mentality. It it does take a, a, a particular type of grit, you know, not to give a play on our name. Grits in the city, girls raised in the South and the city. Um, but I feel like, you know, we do well with understanding that mentality and we've been able to adapt and 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 survive and do xyz and so so that's a little about mentality now number three so arts and entertainment just like california is uh, a big place for that arts and entertainment in new york city it's always been also a, a mecca place for that broadway um you know music the birthplace of hip hop and just different things like entertainment wise, like music, a lot of a lot of labels, a lot of Broadway shows, plays and things like that. This is a hub for that. So it's that's something that I love about New York City um, and just that it it has so much to offer in, in that sense. And that was one of the drawing points why I gravitated here, you know, at a young age knowing that I wanted to live in New York City because, you know, I wanted to I wanted to explore acting and things like that at that time. You either felt like, OK, well, you, you're you either going to go to New York, New York City, so you can get some classical training um, or you're going to go to California and try to do, you know, land TV stuff or whatnot. But I just always felt like New York City was the place for like serious artists uh, that wanted to know about their craft. But I'm going to tell you too, yes, you get access to a lot of things like with within arts and entertainment. And I feel like we've talked about certain instances and the fact that, you know, we were able to intern and, you know, work with these different um, brands, um, you know, that revolved around arts and entertainment and things like that. But I'm going to tell you on the flip side of that, New York City gets on my nerves uh, with that making people pay their dues type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like New York City is one of the, one of the places where they want you to work and grind for free. And it like it's just like the nature of the beast. And it's just like, girl, it costs a lot. True. It costs a lot of money to live here. So unless you can crash on your your Amy's couch or, you know what I'm saying, your parents' house, like, that has always, like, galled me. It's like, you know, you have access to all these places. Like, even when I was writing at the radio, one of the radio stations there, like, and, and, and having that opportunity and being in the building and, and being exposed to different elements. Um, but, you know, the trade-off is... You know, a lot of times that arts and entertainment stuff until you really, you know, hit it big. You got to pay them dues and you you will go broke <laughs> living in the city because they ain't trying to pay you 
uh, mm-hmm. you know, for that type of stuff. They're like, hey, this is, you know, historically what it's been. You know, they operate on having interns to do the legwork. And that's why mm-hmm. you they, had, they hustle us, child. Right. And so that's why you had like in recent years, maybe like the last 10 or 15, where people were suing uh, record labels in places like, nah, I was basically doing things like an employee and yeah, y'all gonna pay me. I had a class action suit that I actually, um, day one, I just literally, I got an email because I used to intern for uh, MTV. So they weren't paying us as interns and they sent an email to everyone that I guess worked at this certain time for uh, Viacom and I signed up for it. They said that, hey, you may have to appear in court. I never got called in court. All I know is I got a check in the mail mm-hmm. and I got paid for it. Uh, hey. but yeah, girl, it was just like crazy. And it's definitely a whole intern culture uh, here in New York City. Um, but outside of that, I feel like been to some great Broadway shows. Um, it's been great exposure, you know, mm-hmm. for culture and for entertainment that I never had at all in my lifetime. So right. I give them that. But back to what you're saying, they do very much. I feel like they use people that's trying to get in that industry for nothing. You know, we literally don't get paid nothing at all. Um, which is sad when you're first starting off. And that's kind of strange to me because New York has so much damn money. Like they make so much money off of entertainment in general and people coming from other cultures, I mean, countries to the shows. So it's like, why is the interns not making any money and the the people, why do we have to go through hoops and, and all this shit just to get put on? But Right. Can you imagine being an intern at Bad Boy? And, Ooh, and the things that people got to endure and they not making no money. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like rent is due. Like it's a hefty cost of living. You know what I'm saying? And so for people to keep perpetuating this culture, it's like, at what point does it end? Like, you're not going to bend me over and just be like, here, take this, take that. Like, nah, that's crazy. So I don't think Gen Z ain't playing that shit. This new generation, right? They ain't, they ain't about that life. They I don't know if they really on that intern shit. They got TikToks and shit. They'll TikTok your ass and talk shit about the company, like <laughs> right. So it's a different day and age now. It's a it's a different day and age now, and I feel like you know, social the rise of just just technology has changed so much to where these people they're like, man, I ain't got to go intern for you. I'm about to to launch my own YouTube channel and do X, Y, Z. And I got this algorithm or this is, you know, the recipe that I'm going to use to do it. So I feel like New York city and like the entertainment, like they're not necessarily the gatekeepers anymore for certain things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our number so that was three so number four so number four is going to be in different ways culture in terms of just in general new york culture and in culture in terms of actually different cultures in new york new york has so many different people from all different walks of life that actually live in new york so exposed me to other cultures from food to everything that you can think about just just knowledge education from talking to people from different parts of uh life 
different ways of life, different places of life or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but also the culture in general in New York, I feel like it's like very like you can be who you are in New York. You can dress however you want and no one would care. So, for instance, I feel like Houston is a little bit conservative in some ways. Uh, I remember last year I was uh, at a vendor event and, you know, I sell T-shirts about titties and shit like that. And the people were so appalled by my shit. And but in New York, like people love shit like that. They love like every like it's people from all walks of life in New York. They like the scandalous shit. They like the shit that maybe not be scandalous. And that's why I really love that's a like that I have for New York City. It's just I can be who I am. Like I remember uh back in the day making outfits for Alpha Pump, basically with my titties all out, right? No one gave a damn. I was literally walking down the street in New York City. Yes, I got a lot of eyes stares from these niggas. But no one cares because we see shit. We see all types of shit on a daily basis. With regards to like culture, um, hip hop culture, the different foods and the different cuisines, museums, art, like the things that you can be exposed to here. It is like great for that. Right. The things that I've got to see or the experiences that I've got to have from just even like the block parties. That's a part of like New York City culture. Everything from the Michael Jackson versus Prince, all these things are things that my city doesn't do that. And I've never experienced it, you know, at home. And so um, I like that, you know, New York is historical in that sense. It's been here for for a long time. I like the brownstones, just all of those things that make it, you know, New York. But on the flip side of that, culturally, it's a melting pot. It is a melting pot of different things and different cultures. And mm -hmm. I love that about New York City. But then I also, I realized that it's a lot of hypocrisy in the culture too. Double standards within the culture. What's an or, example, girl? Okay, so an example would, would be like how people be coming to New York City from other countries and feeling like they can tell other people what to do or they feel like they got it like they get a battery in their back like I was mm. looking out at something online on social media New York City is supposed to be a melting pot of people that's how it has always been you know mm -hmm. uh people from all walks of life all faiths all nationalities and you know we got the conflict between uh, Israel and Palestine going on right now. And this woman pretty much uh, took it upon herself to, to throw hot coffee at a Palestinian couple that were with their 18 month year old child. And she was like, you shouldn't be here. Like who the hell? Like, I don't like that part of the culture where they're like, Oh, you know, New York City is so open, so receptive, but it's not. It's not. You're right, girl. You're definitely right. <laughs> it's a lot of beef that people have towards each other. You're definitely right. It's a lot of hypocrisy. So I don't like how it's framed like this is a very diverse place. Um, it's, it, it's made up of, of a lot of cultures and, and a lot of people that practice different faiths, but they're not always welcoming and mm -hmm. they, they be taking their, uh, their judgments and casting judgments at people just like, you know, how you would think something is happening in the South. 
Mm-hmm. And that's some real shit because I remember when I first moved to New York City and it was this uh, guy, he was from China, but he was American. I think he was like first generation. I think his parents were, uh, they were immigrants. And I remember I was interning before I got the MTV gig. This dude was talking shit about me, telling me I wasn't intelligent. And he was like, oh, yeah, in China, they they think that y'all are just uh, monkeys. And he was talking about my hair texture, girl. He was talking about my afro, all this shit, talking all this shit. Me and him literally was arguing at work. I'm literally about to fight this nigga at work, right? But I was like, you know what? I'm... Mm. I'm about to show this nigga some shit. He was talking all this shit. And we were at like a basic ass like internship. So I remember when I applied to MTV, he didn't get it. He didn't get, he applied to MTV too. He didn't get that internship. I applied to it and I got it. And I, when I tell you, he was so mad, so angry. This man had the nerve to try to follow me on uh, LinkedIn. And you was talking all this shit, being racist as fuck. So you're definitely right. New York def- definitely has a lot of, cultures that are against each other like even like black americans and caribbeans i have mm. experience in new york city i have tons of caribbean friends and i have people that have said oh well it's the black americans that are shooting up the west indian day parade oh the black americans are this and they i had this dude lately like just a couple of weeks ago he's trinidadian and he was just like oh black american women are lazy so <laughs> we definitely experience a lot of shit girl it's right. a lot of shit with it's, different cultures here and it's just like everybody just I don't know what <laughs> it's just a it's about. a juxtaposition it's like it's 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 a lot of like hypocrisy like I said like as diverse as New York City is me and my sister when I first moved there definitely went to a restaurant in Long Island and it was like oh like they had never like oh there's two this is oh. New York City <laughs> like but that that right but that is the city it's like a it's like a a conundrum as diverse you know as this place is like some of these uh mindsets and these ideologies are like outdated and they're aligned with hate and elitism or prejudices and yeah like that's (laughs) i so i want new yorkers to stop you know thinking that everything is relegated for a certain geography because there are too many instances that we see on an everyday where someone thinks that they're better than the the next person and they're policing things and so yeah but again it's a very you know if you want to go see a a film if you want to go check out a museum if you want to go check out a play if you want to go experience different cultures and foods it's great it's, you know, for, for that culture and it's it's very multicultural here. But there are, you know, on the flip side of that, we see people, you know, showing their ass, you know, and just kind of showing the hypocrisy of things, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's bringing us to number five. Restaurants. Um, So we talked about a, l- a little bit about restaurants. So just for me, I have a love, like and a hate for New York restaurants, like I said before, like I come to Houston and I'm expecting like a vast amount of ranges of different types of food. And they don't have that from different cultures. Um, But in New York, I literally can, can seamless anything. I'm like, oh, I want Indian food. I want Haitian food. I want Jamaican food. I want whatever. And literally it'll come. I can literally walk to these different types of places. But on the flip side, I feel like the food is not all that great. You know, it's not that amazing to me. It's not that delicious. Um, I personally 
am only a fan in New York City. This is bad for me to say. I feel like the piece is a little bit overhyped. Yeah, me and too. <laughs> I love Caribbean food, but it's not something that is like I'm craving for. I'm like, oh, I really want some. Well, they got some the best oxtails. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Jamaica's got the best oxtails I ever had, but it's not something like you really crave for. I don't know how to like. I don't know. Like, what is your point of view in terms of the food and the restaurants? Well, you know, I feel like the South uh, got them beat, to be honest. Uh, we we have the food and we got, you know, the soul food. We got uh, different types of foods. But as far as, you know, New York City, you do have a wide array of different culture and ethnicities and foods that you can try and be exposed to. So I love that. I love that, you know, down the street, they open an Ethiopian restaurant from my, uh, you know, from my house, but I haven't checked it out, but I, I want to, I like the fact that I can go get Ghanaian food or I can go get Jamaican food and things like that. So I like the different ethnicities and the different nationalities, uh, the different food cuisines and experiences that you can have. But like you're saying, too, they're, you know, they're just like, if it's not that like West Indian or like Thai or Asian, like, I just feel like their American menus or like restaurants, like sometimes they leave something to be desired. Um, is what I will say. And I feel like people here too in Texas, um, they can be caught up on Instagrammable moments and things like that, but you need to work on your menu. Okay. You, you want to charge gratuity. You want to do all this. Hey, make sure that that is tight. And so I haven't found that piece of spot that I can just put people on pizza is not really my go-to in New York City either. I'd be like, oh, let's go get some, I want some Haitian food or I like it for that, that I can get to experience different cuisines and different cultures food, like all in the city. But on the flip side of it, if it's not um, like ethnic, like I just feel like they're just regular food leaves something to be desired. I also feel like they got a lot of healthier options too in New York. And, you know, that's what I've been on lately. Even though I've been gaining weight, child, I'm big on like eating healthier. And I feel like New York just got it's tons of salad spots in the city. It's tons yep. of spots uh, to eat healthy. Pretzel, and I love that. Pretzel manger or I forget what it's called. Uh, Vegan spots and shit. I like There's so many spots. I like hell and hearty. Really good soup spot, uh, sandwich salads. So you're right. They they do have some options like that. You know what I'm saying? You can get fresh juice. You could do all of these things. Uh, but again, sometimes their things leave something to be desired. But when it comes to like ethnic foods, you know, because this is where all the different you know people are here are. So I like it for that. And then lastly on that. You know, I also feel like the food is way more expensive in New York versus the South. The food and the drinks, too fucking expensive if you ask me. I was out last week at Happy Hour $5 on on stuff that would cost $10 or $8 in New York City at Happy Hour. Mm. So that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay, so that was our wrap-up for restaurants, uh, loves and hates. And number six, fashion and style. I like... 
I love the fact that New York City is eclectic. It is a, a fashion capital. You know, they have a New York Fashion Week. So I love that we can get to experience that. I've definitely attended, you know, a show or two for Fashion Week. I love that, you know, you get a varying degree of styles here. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I like to see how the culture influences that style and fashion. So I do like, I feel like being in New York City, my style has changed. I remember, I think back to when I first moved and, you know, what some of my choices were and to, you know, what I've evolved into. Um, but I feel like New York City, like, lets you play with different styles and, and looks and fashions and you have access to more in ways. Um, so I like that. What about you? I definitely agree. I definitely agree that, you know, the, I love the fashion. I love like even the fashion because, you know, I feel like the South, well, you know, in different cities or whatever. I feel like the girls these days just want to look like Instagram models and shit mm -hmm. like that. Everybody but got Fashion Nova on. Girl. But in New York, it's like people actually making a shit. You know, they got the whole urban you know, rock and roll shit. They got the the hobo type of shit. Well, I haven't really seen a lot of video vixens, but they got the sneakerhead culture where most of the women, if you ask me, a lot of the black girls, that's all they rock is the damn sneakers every damn where they go to a, a high class concert and still rock sneakers. All right. So now seven men. Mm. Lord Jesus. It's more so hate for my ass, but go ahead. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you're into East Coast dudes, mm -hmm. uh, if you are into uh, accents and things like that. I don't have no hates for them. This was something that you put on the list. So I'm I'm wanting to know your thoughts and then I can weigh in, too. So, like, what do you love about New York City men or what do you hate about New York City men? love girl that's hard for me to think about but I guess it's one thing that I do like about New York City man I feel like they they can really dress they care about their appearance they're very stylish that's all they care uh, about is their appearance and they they fashions for sure yeah they they be fly. I feel like they're the best dresses and that I probably in the United States to me I feel like they they really put on um but I really don't really like New York City man I feel like it's just this whole sense of like not entitlement but it's just like oh i'm the shit and you know you just basic like i feel like that's how they treat most women in new york city it could be like the most beautiful woman in the world and i guess because they have so many options because it is a big city and it's women everywhere then they can kind of like dim a lot of beautiful black women in new york city's um spotlight and i i'm not trying to be bitter but I, I have never had an amazing experience with a New Yorker in my lifetime. And that's really sad to say. But even before you even get to the damn date, like the talking stage, niggas have said all types of crazy shit to me Um, to the point where I'm like, you know what? I ain't about to go on a date with your ass because I can't deal with this shit. This mindset that you own, they come across as bitter which has made me years later uh, a little bit of bitter in terms of my viewpoints of New York men. Uh, because they all they do is trash talk New York females and and all this shit. And I'd be like, well, I can see why the females that you're getting, why they act the way they act because of how your ass be acting. Like, for instance, I'm going to give one example. I have a family member 
right? She has a, a husband. And when I tell you, this is my first time ever seeing this shit in my life. This lady had me uh, helping her like mo like pick up heavy shit from outside the house mm. or whatever. This man was literally not picking up shit. Then mow the grass. He didn't do anything manly. And I, I don't know if it's because of the woman in New York are so used to being independent. But that was a shocker to me that he wasn't like, oh, no, let me handle this. You know, let me be a man to do this. That shit was crazy as fuck to me. I met some 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 cool dudes. Uh, I have met friends, men friends in New York City. Cool people. Um, you know, I, a handful of them. And so even if maybe I didn't connect with them romantically, um, you know, just far as laughing, uh, joking, roasting one another, like, you know, they're good for that. Uh, but and it's it's funny because you mentioned Cameron earlier and, you know, his pa. But I feel like some New York City men, they never grow up like I just feel like their mindsets with that. I just feel like grow up. I, I don't know if I've met a, a handy uh, New York City man either to where, you know, if I had some car issues, you could come change my tire or can you come fix this around my house? You know, not in that sense. I've met some some cool homeboys with regards, you know, to New York City men. But I just feel like some of them, they, they don't grow up. That's a problem. I feel like they don't hold each other accountable. Like what we're seeing all in the news. I feel like some of these men in this culture, they be going upside women's heads and they think that that's acceptable and feasible. And not to say that that stuff doesn't happen in the South because it does. And if we Definitely were Houston, if we were looking on the news, we we see cases of it happening everywhere. But really kind of stick out to me is, yeah, I don't be feeling like they grow up mentally like Cameron is like almost 50. And oh, he is? He's fine, girl, to be almost 50. Jules is, because he don't have no damn teeth, child. We know he almost 50. No, he's not. He uh, not? What? Jewel's was the, the youngest of them. Oh, <laughs> he lost all his teeth that early? Lord, Jesus. Probably drugs or something. Mm. But I just, um, I just feel like New York, a culture of abusive men sometimes like or just like childlike men like people men that just never grow up like Cameron like I said he almost 50 and just you know how he still talks about women it's just it's low vibrational um but not to say that I haven't met some real ass dudes in New York City too because I have uh guy rest his soul DJ K Slay like um he was like a real a real dude. Now, I don't know what he was doing in his personal life like that, but I just, he just was a, a stand up dude, uh, always respectful Harlem dude. I've met and had some good experiences. But on the flip side of that, I feel like there are a lot of immature men, um, a lot of superficial yeah. men. Yeah, when it comes to immaturity, like I have homeboys in New York too, and they're they're good as friends, but at the same time, they ain't shit. Like they be telling me about their relationships, they are not shit in their relationships. A lot of men will be good to you as a homegirl, making sure you're taken care of, but when they get in relationships, they be trash as fuck. Like like I said, I talk about my homeboy all the time with the kids and shit. I was living at home with his baby mama, then got a girlfriend. I thought that shit was crazy. Yeah, then I had a another homeboy, and this nigga was a real this nigga was a real ass nigga for me as a friend. 
But that nigga was living a life of drugs and chaos and um for no damn reason, which I didn't understand. And then I had another homeboy who was cool with me. Like every time he came in town, made sure I was good because he used to live in New York and now he lived like, I think in Boston. I don't know where he lived now. But this nigga literally was cool with me but then he got three baby mamas and he'll talk shit about black women and shit but you got three baby mamas and never married not a single one of them i have legit homeboys that live in the south and i'm not trying to make this new york versus the south but i have i do have some trash homeboys that live in the south but at the same time i got some really good homeboys that are married that you know preaches black love they preach what they preach and i don't have that in new york city like and right. that's all that I'm saying I got you I understand completely so I mean before we moved up there and really understood the culture you know yeah like you know back in the day it's like oh if I did meet a, a dude from New York City it it did have an appeal but now that we've lived there and we understand the culture a bit more it's like eh, it leaves something to be desired just a little something right. missing a little something so, okay, bet. So number eight, love, hate. So New York City, you know, this is the place where, uh, you know, pressure makes diamonds. Adversity. Um, and I, I say this, this is love, hate about the city. Um, you know, again, they say if you can make it anywhere, you could, if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. And we just said, you debunked that. You were like, uh, that's something they really, you know, tell transients, uh, you know, to see if they can cut the mustard. But, you know, challenge is good. You know, New York City can definitely, you know, challenge you and, 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 and have you rise to the occasion or, uh, or, you know, say, hey, let me bow out gracefully. Um, some things that I hate about that is it makes, as far as the culture, it makes the people hard because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are true New Yorkers that have lived there, their fam, like they have to fight for everything. It's too much. And I say that because a lot of times people got to work two, three jobs just to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. It is a high cost living place it's the big city true yorkers are like you know i would never go anywhere else new york city has everything it does but a lot of times that pay is not on pace with living and people are piecing it together people are coming from a place of scarcity you know new yorkers they know all the loopholes like with regards to housing with regards to just all the things that you need to have access to to be able to live in New York City they are famous for like the workaround or you know knowing the shortcuts or just again having to fight for everything like I know people that have went through a shelter so that they could get housing so that they could get a housing voucher here and that in this eight million people city, it just it it's like a rat race. And, you know, you can't help but run it because that's kind of New York City. Like big city allure has a lot of opportunity, but there are a lot of people that are impoverished and having to uh, to operate from a, a place of lack thereof. And so that that colors their interactions. That's why it's like hustle or be hustled. 
they they got to be dogged, doggedly determined uh, and fight for everything. And sometimes you don't want to fight for everything. But New York City is a place where, you know, people have to cultivate that mindset because they not just giving you nothing. You got to know the work around for it and you got to know how to work the system. Before I moved to New York City, I didn't really have strong survival skills that I have now. Um, I feel that, you know, I've been in the trenches. I haven't been homeless. Um, thank the Lord for covering me. But I had been fired from like, I feel like about 10 jobs in my lifetime. And I remember my first time living in New York City when I got fired, my first time ever in my life. When I was crying and my roommate at the time, she told me off for crying. <laughs> like anywhere else uh your friends are probably like girl so it'll be okay you'll find another job no literally she went off on me because she thought like, it pull was your so skirt down like she, like she thought it was so crazy she was like girl i'm from new york i've been through way worse and you just literally lost a job here i am like oh i'm gonna pay my rent i'm gonna eat i'm gonna do this so i gotta go back to texas literally and i felt that that situation made me stronger to the point where nowadays you know we got wh white people for instance uh people that come from certain privileged lifestyles to where they lose a job and they go crazy and go postal and shit but for me if I lost a job, I, I would be a little bit stressed, but I would also be like, you know what? I know I'm, I'm going to make it happen because of living in New York City, but because of having to go through all these trials and tribulations in New York City, it has made me stronger mentally as, as well. It has also made me like my personality. I used to be this sweet Southern Belle to where like people can easily get over on me. I'm going to be real. I was too nice. Now I'm still nice. But at the same time, it's like, you're not going to play in my face. Like, right. I know better. And I, especially as Black women in general, you know, is is a lot of Black women are single and alone. And we don't have that help, you know, from a mate to financial help as we, a lot of us truly want. Especially me, I always said I wanted to be a housewife. But because I don't have that right now, it's like, I got to depend on myself to make sure I'm good. And I feel like New York has definitely taught me to depend on myself to make sure I'm good because a lot of people in New York City, they in order for them to survive, they got to live with significant others. And we've never had to do that. And then a lot of times people be so frustrated. They hate each other because and they can't leave their relationships because they have no money to leave that relationship. So uh, it could be abuse. It could be all types of stuff that goes on in those households. But, you know, because of what I've been through in New York City, I never had to live with a man in order to pay a bill. You know, you learn so much in New York City. You network so much with so many different people to where, you know, you have friends and they can help you out or you know, anybody can help you out with different jobs or whatever. So where it's like you are a self-made woman like living in New York City. And that's just, you know, that adversity has strengthened me personally. But also I see where you was coming from, too, where, you know, we shouldn't have to struggle like this living in a rich city. Like it shouldn't be homeless people out here. It shouldn't be all these struggles for housing and, you know, all the shit that we go through in New York City dealing with these fucking rats and shit and the homes filled with rats. You know, I got PTSD still from these damn rats mm -hmm. and shit. That's that's ridiculous. So all Right. Yeah. Me too, child. Like these high, like they, it costs a lot to live there and just the things that you still have to, you know, endure and go through and all for the sake of what? Living in the city for some opportunity or you know what have you so it's just that again people are a lot of times operating from scarcity or you know it, it's hard there so um I just feel like it has 
people wound up so very tightly because of that. Okay, so mm -hmm. number nine, uh, and we talked about adversity, but now diversity, um, you know, something that I love and hate about the city. You know, we just we talked about how it's a melting pot of all these different cultures, but it's also, you know, a bunch of walking contradictions in the same breath. Uh, diversity, the fact that so there's eight million people there with all these different stories. Some are homeless. We see them on a the train and living at homeless shelters or living on the streets or, you know, people asking for money on the streets of my neighborhood, my block. And then you have uh, the juxtaposition of it where there are extremely wealthy people here. It's a it's a myriad of things that you get to see living in a, a inner city, again, diverse from religions to, to cultures to 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 food to to options on things that you can do for entertainment it's just it's a lot of diversity but you get to see the spectrum of things i've seen you know really poor people and then i've seen on the flip side of that you know really extremely wealthy people and so you just yeah. you, you just see the different nuances of living in the city Girl, I used to live in um the projects over there uh, off of Mother Gaston. For people that's not from uh New York City, that's like one of the worst projects Girl, in you, Brooklyn. Child. You, you you was I've living in Brownsville, and you know I. Girl, you you a G because that's where Tyson from. And so that's and, and you know, to that point too, the diversity, oh. you know, Brooklyn got all these different neighborhoods. Um, You could go to Canarsie, you could go to Bay Ridge and it's a different culture over there. It's it's just interesting. It's it's different. And um, even how it looks, it's, it's, it's dope. Like certain areas, remember we had a photo shoot. One of our first photo shoots was in Bushwick, I think. It's, it was a graffiti area where it was nothing but like graffiti artists and stuff. And now they making it to like a little tourist thing where people go toward the graffiti art. But that shit, it used to be the hood, I think, back in the day. And now it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like everywhere, it's nothing but beautiful graffiti. It's beautiful talent that you get to see in terms of art on different buildings. Right. Different uh, mediums and different platforms of it. So for sure. So those are definitely some that's what we love about New York City is just infused with so many cultures, different neighborhoods that you can go to and be educated on. Uh, just even the look of these places, you know, from from Stuyvesant Heights, uh, looking like the Cosby's to you walk two blocks up is the P is the projects, <laughs> you know, or it's a Hasidic Jewish neighborhood. And so you get all of that. But on the, the flip side of that, there are some drawbacks from it as well, for sure. Um, and lastly, what do we have on our list? Companies. So in New York City, it's like the Mecca of a lot of headquarters in general, several different companies. Every city, major city has a lot of headquarters, but I feel like New York has the most. And I never in my lifetime would have ever been able to say, man, you know, I go to the makeup counter down the street to the mall or whatever, and I'm looking for makeup. I remember back in the day when I used to actually work for Estee Lauder Corporate who owns Mac. They own a lot, just a lot of different uh, makeup lines. I will never be able to be like, man, I work for the headquarters. I did the marketing. I did this shit that you see in the mall. Like I did that shit or whatever. I helped out with some of the shit that you see in the magazines. 
like that experience and that exposure that New York City has is amazing. Like I feel that I've worked with people for Tiffany and Co. Corporate, like literally whatever you see in the magazine, the advertisement, I have helped with that. And that's something that, you know, I, I like about New York, but at the same time, it's, it's a lot of drama as well. Like we see, you know, people in the South or people in other cities, like I talked about this before in a previous episode, oh, it's a black person on these different ads, um, marketing these different products. A lot of time behind the scenes, it's not a lot of people of color at all. So that is a, a negative that I have for New York City. It's like they preach this whole, you know, diversity. And, you know, it's a it's it's so many different cultures here. But in these corporate companies, it's not a lot of diversity at all. I have had interviews with a lot of people, even ESPN. The crazy thing is, it's like maybe before COVID, uh, ESPN headquarters or whatever. And you would think that it's diversity behind the scenes because all these athletes that you see on TV and football and you know, basketball or whatever, it's a lot of people of color, but in corporate, it's not. And, right. the, and literally the guy I interviewed with told me it's not because I said, when he was asking me, oh, why do you want to work here? I was just like, oh, it's diversity. And he was just like, it's not really diverse at all. And he literally told me this shit on the interview. So um, that's just my negative, but I feel like we can bring our resume, me and you, Drea, back to the South and we can interview with any of these other companies or whatever, and they will see, dang, you work for New York City? You worked at this company? They will be amazed. And I think that's a plus. Right. That I mean, that itself is going to open doors anywhere you go. And so, like you're saying, yeah, you do certain industries that are, like, known, like, you know, whether it's fashion, whether it is financial services, you know, there, there are a lot of, you know, major companies that are based in New York City. And even just when we were talking about arts and entertainments and the opportunities that you have, like I, I was writing for Funk Flex and things like that. So it is great because you have a, a an array of opportunities. But on the, the drawback side of that, yeah, like, you know, where this is a melting pot, I feel like even those corporate companies are not always inclusive. And those are big things. Um, you know, when people are transitioning and, and are transplants there, like you expect that, but, you know, you come to find out much like the culture there and how, you know, you can encounter some people of different uh, religions or uh, different uh, ethnicities to where it's like they're prejudiced. And a lot yeah. of times you can find with these companies behind closed doors, they're not as inclusive and liberal as, uh, you know, they Child. try to make New York sound. That is so weird. Girl, I remember I got fired from a job because of a girl, this, this white girl. She did not like me for some reason. And I even worked directly with her, but she worked directly with the CEO. And she was so mean to me all the time. It was a, it was a holiday party. And I met her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was from the South. So I'm having a little conversation with her boyfriend thinking it's nothing. And then she snatches her boyfriend from me. It was like, why are you talking to her? And I'm like, what the fuck? This girl, like the next thing, you know, the next time I came to the office, I was fired and they told me on the spot. So I'm just saying, um, it, we go through a lot of shit at these jobs in New York 
and people in the South may be going through stuff. Like, I feel like it's very small. <laughs> and that's, and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody in the South or whatever, but we go through some major shit working for these companies in New York City, some major drama. I feel like we also work a little bit harder. I be Because it's New York City, everything is so fast-paced. It's also fast-paced with, with work, with money. Like, you know what I mean? You got billion-dollar budgets on the line and shit like that, million-dollar budgets and shit like that. I'm always working with with big budgets um, at my job now. So it's just like, you know, you screw up. It's so much pressure to be perfect at work because if one person screws up, you may find somebody else to blame and not even blame that person for fucking up because maybe it's like a whole little like, oh, I like this person. I don't like you. So, you know, because I don't like you, then I'm going to be against you. And that's how a lot of these companies are, man. It's, it's craziness that we go through. I could write a book on this shit. <laughs> yeah, ma'am. Crazy. So, those are, you know, some of our loves and hates about, you know, living in New York City in a nutshell. All right. So that's going to bring us to our grits pick of the week. And this week I am highlighting uh, a high school student. Uh, his name is Human Bekel, and he's not your typical high school student. So rather than just spending his free time playing video games or, or staring at his phone, this 14-year-old from Fairfax, Virginia, was calling professors and conducting experiments all to invent a product he hopes could change the world or help change the world. So his goal was to create a soap that could treat skin cancer. Um, and skin skin cancer is one of the, the most like popular or prevalent forms of cancer here in the state. And, you know, his goal was to make it affordable for for everyone who needs it. And so he partnered with a group. I want to say their name is like uh, 3M Mentors, uh, 3M Young Scientist Lab. And so he is creating a soap or he was awarded a grant. I, I want to say he won about $25,000, uh, but it's for melanoma treating soap. And so really dope 14-year-old kid. I'm curious to see what he does in the world. He's already got his wheels turning and already making a difference. Uh, but his whole goal behind it is to create something affordable that, you know, everyone can have access to. So really dope. So shout out to Himen Bikel. Shout out to him. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing young man. And so that's going to bring me to the gem of the week. And I'm going to keep it, you know, nice and sweet. You know, we're seeing so much in the world right now from the abusive situations that we're hearing about to war crimes and all sorts of things that are taking place. The veil is off of our eyes, I'll say. And I just say that when folks show you who who they are, believe them. And that's in all instances. Uh, that's in all relationships. You know, when people show you who they are, believe them. You don't have to to stay around to keep seeing the writings on the wall. You know, that rely on your discernment. But, yeah, believe them and give them the same energy that they are giving off to you. So that's what we got for the week. You know, and on that note, that's going to take Peace. us out. Peace. Make sure you go check us out on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. All right, y'all stay tuned.